all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Good morning, and thanks for being with us today. I, I am Dr. Susan Buttress, and today on Southern Remedy, relatively speaking, we are talking about honesty. So questions to you listeners. Do you think honesty is black and white, or do you think there's shades of gray to it? What do you think about those little white lies that most people tell? They really do. And I bet over the Thanksgiving uh, holiday that either you told a few or people told you a few. Maybe for good reason. We'll talk about that. But what if you do those little, little white lies in front of your children? Do you think that it opens up? a Pandora's box of lying for the kids. Do you think that gives them permission to not tell the truth or to stretch the truth? So, question is, honesty always the best policy? You know, um, we always hear that term, honesty is the best policy. Ben Franklin said it. But actually, it was said before that by uh, a person, Sir Edwin Sandys. He was an official for the Virginia Company. Um, and they founded the first American colony in Jamestown, Virginia, just an FYI. And he said, um, our gross concepts who think honesty the best policy. He didn't say it is. He said, basically, we think it is. So when we step through that, when, when is it okay not to tell the absolute truth? And when is it okay to tell those little white lies? So, you know, um, here's another quote that I th- thought I'd throw out there before we really get into the conversation, because it kind of hit me hard. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi said, okay, listen to this. It is difficult, but not impossible, to conduct strictly honest business. What is true is that honesty is incompatible with the amassing of a large fortune. Oh. I know. Jay, good morning, Jay. Good morning. Um, that's kind of harsh. Incompatible. Incompatible. That takes all the emotion out of it. Mm-hmm. It just says the pieces don't fit together, Mm-mm. whether you want them to or not. 
Right. And, you know, if you think about it, complete honesty. I was thinking about complete honesty. What if a real estate agent was selling a house and showing you houses? And um, when when I saw a house and I said, oh, I love this house. I really think it fits the family. It seems like it's pretty flawless. What do you think? Now, see, I just said, I'm going to buy this house. Leading the witness, Your Honor. Yeah. So then the real estate agent looks at me and says, oh, you're right. This is a lovely house because I want to sell this house. Yeah. I definitely think it's worth this. But what if they said, mm, well, actually, you did miss this foundation issue here. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps... Um, you don't know that this is a ve- very noisy, busy street, you know. So um, I'm not saying that all real estate agents, I'm sorry, real estate agents out there, for whatever reason, that example came up. <laughs> but uh, just thinking about that as as one of those examples that um, I am sure that that an, an agent with integrity would certainly point out major flaws. But there might be a time when you just don't really like a house yourself, but if somebody else does, you can you cannot say that out loud, right? Right. So, you know, as we're we're stepping through this, what I mean, Jay, what do you think about those little white lies? Ooh, I I just kind of wanted to ask the question. I don't know that I even necessarily have an answer, Doctor Buttress. Um, yeah, I I that's that's a great quote that you had right at the beginning. That uh, honesty is incompatible with building a fortune or great wealth or however they put it. I think though that uh, you know the, the asking if there are shades of gray in terms of honesty. I I, I think that's that's where everybody lives, right? If we're being honest. Yeah, pun, if, pun not intended, but I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> if we're being honest with ourselves, I think that's where everybody lives, right? Because I think, you know, our our lifestyle is so fast. There's so much on everybody's plate that we've almost become really skilled at subconsciously determining what information other people need to know and not know to streamline our daily process. And I think it's it's something that's it's. Uh, it, it, we do it so often; it's almost below a conscious decision. And in technically, are we blocking things that people might get hung up on so they don't get hung up on them with us? Is that dishonesty to some certain extent, maybe? But I, I think that's I think that's part of every interaction that we have every single day with yeah. the, the most important of people that we talk to and the least of those that we talk to. And I think it's just part of how we operate today. Yeah. So is that dishonesty? Yeah. I, to, to some certain extent, technically, s- if technically. you just want to hold it up to the, the black and white of the letters and the law of what is honesty, then no, it's probably not. But is it really dishonesty? I think it depends on what you're talking about it depends. and what you're withholding. And what you're withholding. Now, that so, <laughs> you just brought up a word, uh-huh. withholding. So if someone... If you withhold information that someone didn't even ask for, is that dishonest? Right. 
Right. Or did you just... But the flip side of that is, is that if you know information that would be beneficial to the person that you're talking to and you choose not to give that to them, is that dishonesty? Probably. Probably. But that's that's very gray, but is isn't it? it? Because it's if not they, something you have to volunteer. If they didn't ask you, I don't. I, there is so much <laughs> right? rolled up into this, and and I want to give credit where credit is due. Um, when when this topic came up, <laughs> it was Jay's. Are there shades of of gray? And and I I definitely think there are. And I want to go a little bit further as we're talking at the beginning of this, as to what we're doing as far as modeling as adults, because, you know, we are the models for our future adults, our children. And so what we do is what our children in general will do. Um, And, you know, whether they're my children or not, if they think I'm cool and I'm a good example for them, then they may want to emulate me. Jay is a cool guy, and so they may want, you know, if it sounds okay to Jay, then it probably would be okay for them. So let's talk just for a minute about the problem of telling little white lies in front of children, okay? So if you're on the phone, And a child knows that you're on the phone with somebody where you went, oh, I can't believe they're calling me. And then they ask you to do something or you see them on the street and they ask you to do something. And in front of the child, you say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm busy. I can't do that. And then you walk away with the child, and the child says, oh, I didn't know we were busy. What are we doing next, Mommy? And you say, <laughs> oh, oh, nothing. We're really not busy. What just happened, right? So the other thing is— Now, see, what I would do right there is wind up explaining my dishonesty. Uh-huh. You know, So I'd be like, well, we're not necessarily busy right now, but I'm not trying to break these folks' heart. You know, so you didn't want to hurt their feelings. And the same thing goes that, you know, if you say, what about this? Um, This meal was delicious when nobody at the table thought it was. Or thank you. I love it. And it is very clear that you will never use that gift or never, never do anything with that gift. Are those... Are those little white lies? Um, let's go even further. Yeah. All right. Let's let's even a even a, a more washed out shade of gray here. Okay. You're going into that Walmart in your town there, and uh, the Salvation Army person is ringing that bell there, and you've got some money, but you don't put it in there. Is that dishonesty? Now that's a decision, and you're not necessarily hurting anybody because there was no expectation. But if you have it, and you don't put something in there is that is that dishonesty if you tell them you have no money okay i think but if you walk by i think no i don't think that's dishonest i think they're asking for a donation and you can choose not to donate i think that's very different than looking them in the eye and say sorry i don't have any change or sorry i don't have any money yeah just don't say anything. I don't think. Now, 
I, Which, by I, the way, they need a little like QR code or one of those square yeah, things you can do. put in your phone because who has change anymore? Like, that, I feel bad because I don't ever have change. That, yeah. And so I think sometimes when we feel bad, we feel obligated to tell a white lie to make ourselves feel better as much as to make mm-hmm. somebody else feel better. But one thing I want to say, and I want to hear from you listeners about your feelings here. There are studies that have looked at parents telling little white lies, white lies in front of their children, and then the frequency at which those children do the same. So... There was a study Uh out of the University of California that that looked at five- and seven-year-olds who were told lies by an adult um, and then asked to participate in a a test. (coughs) Excuse me. And what they found was um, after they were told these these lies that the children knew after these adults told lies in front of the children – What they found was the children were more likely to cheat on the test and then to lie that they had not cheated. Interesting. So there's your example. Why do you keep trying to make this about me lying to my kids? (laughs) Why have you done this? (laughs) Well, I think it's something we have to be aware of. So when when we tell them, I do think, Jay, talking to people about how sometimes you spare others' feelings when you say something to them or how maybe you can turn it around so that it's truly not a lie. You just didn't do that abject honesty Mm. that would hurt somebody's feelings. Thanks for listening. I am Dr. Susan Buttress here with producer Jay White, and we are talking about honesty the black or the white of it, or there's shades of gray. And so, Jay, you have a, a quick scenario for A scenario. Us? Okay. So I keep trying to work winning the Powerball into a topic on our show somehow or another. And I figured out how to put it here. So let's say <laughs> I won that billion-dollar Powerball uh-huh. from a month or so ago. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, uh, Jay quit his job. Jay's got a new car. Jay's bought a new house. Uh, a couple of Jay's friends are rolling all of a sudden. They quit their jobs because, you know, he's giving them some money. Jay, where you got all this money? Did you win the Powerball? No, 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 no. Now, maybe I'm just saying that to protect my safety because I, if, if, if you handed me a billion-dollar check, I would not feel safe. Right. If people knew that I was the person that won that. So mm-hmm. if I protect my identity as a newly formed billionaire— by not disclosing that I'm the person that won it. Mm -hmm. Is that dishonesty or is it only dishonesty when somebody asks me, hey, did you win the Powerball? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nah, that's not me. Just look like it. That's a good question because you're right. I think uh, many people have had their lives um, virtually ruined by winning huge or inheriting huge monies and then having people go after them for virtually everything. Um, And that sounds – that's protective of you. Is it hurting that that – it is dishonest. Yes, you said no, I didn't. Yeah. But is that hurting anyone? 
No. So is so that puts it on our our shades of gray, right? right? Is yeah, is absolute <laughs> honesty already always necessary? Is the absolute truth mm. always necessary? I don't know. Let's go to the phones and see what Ashley has to say. Hi, Ashley in Biloxi. Hi, how are you? Doing well. Okay, really quick. I got a couple of little things I want to touch on. Um, when you were talking about, all right, first off, yes, lots of great areas. When I was in college, I had to read an essay called The Ways We Lie. Mm. And I can't remember the author, but make a note and read it. It's really great. It touches on all these different things, how omittance is a form of lying. So like, or it could be perceived as a form of lying to omit information, which is withholding. Um, I also, I run into a lot of lies, mostly at jobs. Um, I find that people like to tell lies when they don't want to be held accountable for their actions at work. Um, oh, absolutely. So, so yeah, but that's what I just wanted to kind of throw out there. Um, the, the gray area, I believe that there's gray areas. And I think that if you read that essay, um, it makes a lot of really valid points in that. Sounds really interesting. Let's see. Um, The Ways We Lie, it's a companion into the dawn. It was written in 94. Does that sound right? Erickson's latest Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So it's by Erickson. It's an essay. Uh Um, If it's it's a book, it's the wrong thing. It was in a book called 50 Essays, and it was just an essay on it. And one quick example, too, was that, you know, a man and a woman were together their whole lives, and the woman's on her deathbed, and the man had cheated. Is it appropriate for him to come clean? Who Mm. would it serve? In this honesty, who would it serve to break this woman's heart on her deathbed for him to live the rest of his life knowing he was honest? And so that's where it goes to the gray areas, where, like, is honesty always really the best policy? <laughs> oh, great point, Ashley. I was reading some other writings on that, and one was by a psychologist who had written an essay on on honesty. And she said sometimes abject honesty like that, where you would tell a dying wife on her deathbed that you cheated on her because you couldn't hold it in, is often very selfish and self-serving. So you do sometimes that absolute truth is to make yourself feel good or better. So that was the, um, oh my goodness, that was the last point. And now I I forgot it. I'm so busy right now. I'm multitasking here. Um, But I had another point about uh, lying and being self-serving with that, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Maybe I'll send y'all an email. <laughs> <laughs> Do that, but you made you made a couple of really good points, and you know the the issue of absolute truth is that something that we always need to do, and I. You know, coming from being a a Southerner all my life and but traveling a lot, you know, I think in different areas, there there are different cultures that have different views about that. So many times in the South, I think we are a little bit more reticent to, to tell the truth. Because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, and we want to be more empathetic. So you tell somebody you love their hairstyle when in reality you don't, <laughs> right? And and so is it better just not to say anything 
than to tell one of those white lies that is is clearly not something you feel, but only because you feel like it's the the kind thing to do. So here's here's what it says about uh, the piece that she was talking about, the ways we lie. She's mm-hmm. pointing out, Erickson, the author, she's pointing out how prevalent lies are in our lives and writing about the varying degrees to which they can cause harm. Her thesis is that though lies can do great harm, they cannot be eliminated entirely from our lives. They cannot be eliminated. Eliminated entirely. I think, um, let me give you some examples that... that So imagine if, imagine if... We all lived one day where honesty was a black and white thing, and, and, and we were all incapable of shading up honesty in different colors of gray. Imagine if one day everybody on earth, it was a black and white yes or no are you being honest or not type of thing. Yeah, well, imagine there, the chaos. there was a movie about that. Remember, there was a movie where you could, the, the person suddenly could do nothing but tell. Oh, well, you have Liar Liar, Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, that was it, Jim Carrey. Yep. And um, you saw the create, imagine, the havoc it created. Imagine if there was one day on earth where every person had to tell the truth all the time. Wow. Well, either truth or, or you're lying yeah. outright. And there's no shades of gray yeah. allowed. That would be chaotic. Yeah, listeners. What what if what if we tried just one day to just on a personal note tried only to tell the truth or to How not long does that last? talk. So see that would be to Hey, did me- you sleep well last night? Yeah. Well, that's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's 6:15. <6:15. laughs> I was, you know, I had house guest and um, this this uh, weekend, and one was my daughter, and I asked her if she slept well, and she went, uh, not really. You know, I'm so used to my board hard bed that yours was a little soft, and that was honesty. Yeah, and, yeah. and I said, oh, honey, let's see, what can we do to make it better next time? And that was fine with me. It didn't hurt my feelings. Yeah. It was honesty. And and I thought she looked a little tired. Uh-huh. And so I it's, it's but but if you were at, say, your grandmother's house and she asked you the same thing, would you be that upfront and honest? I don't know. Yeah. I probably would say I'm fine. I, I slept fine um, because the truth is is she wanted to know that that I slept fine yeah she's long gone but she would have been so sad had <laughs> back in the day when I stayed with her yeah so I, I think yes you know some some examples of of how how abject honesty can can be problematic think about this. Now, I, I travel and I do talks. And um, so if right before I went on stage to give a talk, somebody said, oh, you have you have a big spot on your coat or, oh, gosh, 
your hair? Do you have any hairspray because it's sticking up? Did is that it's right before you go on, so you can't fix it. The same thing goes if you're on the way to a party and your significant other looks at you and says, you know, I never like that dress on you. And then you're supposed to go to a party and feel good. Um, what what would that do? How would that feel? So join in the conversation. I want to hear how much truth you really want to know. How much truth do you really want to know? And how much do you think it's better that we don't always know the truth? I think as we're moving along, think about this. We're in the holidays. You are going to be perhaps eating items that perhaps are not delicious to you, but maybe to someone else, or you're receiving a present um, that is perhaps not exactly what you wanted. What what would you do? Uh, I'll have to say, Jay, I was laughing. My brother was telling me that his wife's family is pretty good at if they receive a gift, They'll say to each from from each other, siblings and the like, they would say if they open the present and they thought the color wasn't right for them, they'd say, oh, thanks. That's really sweet. Um, But I think I'm going to exchange this for the green one. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And he said they do it. They love each other. They never fight about that. If you build in that expectation, that's all right. That's the way they built it in, and that's the way it goes. And I thought, well, that's refreshing, but I don't know that I have ever, you know. That's okay. I'm not not cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't dislike it for them, but it's not how I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those <laughs> If I were things. there, I'd be like, oh, that's nice. You guys do that. But on the inside, yeah. I'd be like, I don't like this at all. Yeah. I, I don't want to know that you don't like my gift. Yeah. Yeah. So you like yeah. it, and I'm going to go. And then I'm you can hate go. it as soon yeah. as I'm gone. And then, please exchange it or <laughs> yeah. give it, re-gift it. I don't but, care. I don't care what you do with it. As yeah. soon as I'm gone, you can put it in the backyard and let it get rained on for all day. I don't care. But, like, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I get in trouble with my family for telling family stories online. But they are adorable, loving people. Yeah, yeah. They just are very truthful with each other about that. But that's cool. Yeah. I'd love to see that in action. Apparently, my brother thinks it's quite funny. I bet it Um, is. Like, I would love to take some of my family in there to see that. Like, they probably wouldn't know how to handle that. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm going to get a phone call on this one. Um, Let's go back to the phones. We have Elaine from the Mississippi Delta. Hey, Elaine. Hello. Um, I have, in the past two years, become an advocate of absolute honesty. Either say nothing or be totally honest. I've had a life-changing experience in which my husband committed suicide because Someone lied to me. Oh, my. And um, I, if I had been told the truth, I could have said something very different in a phone call shortly thereafter to him or from him. And uh, I didn't know what was, what was going on. And this person who called me had no inkling that what he was telling, he was 
being dishonest with me about was a very key piece of information I had sought for years. Mm. And so it can be extremely important. And you may not know the whole background, but you were talking about how to live, being absolutely honest. Right. Since that day, I have tried to the best of my ability to never open my mouth or to speak with honesty. Yeah. I'm not very popular. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Elaine, that sounds hard. Has it been difficult for you? Extremely. Yeah. Yeah, Elaine, I I don't want to probe too much about, um, but can you give uh, just sort of a broad example of what it was because I, well, I will say, my, my husband, go ahead. My yeah. husband was mentally ill. Mm-hmm. I was aware of it, but I was unable to get him to seek help. Mm-hmm. Uh, had this person told me the truth about what he had just witnessed, it would have been information that I could have used to force him to seek help. I see. Yeah. But instead. Um, he called law enforcement, and my husband killed himself. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry to hear that. I know that's tough. Uh, and did and you? No one f- wants to talk about it. Yeah. Did you feel like your your this individual was trying to protect you, and that's why he didn't tell probably, you the truth? Probably mm-hmm. he thought he was being kind to me. He probably thought he could deal with my husband not realizing he was dealing with someone who was quite unstable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably also conceivably thought that I might turn around. I mean, he, he, he knew the truth, but he thought, well, you know, this might could open me up to libel. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm not going to absolutely say what's going on. But I, you know... It being truthful, even about a simple thing like calling somebody and saying, "Oh, how can I get in touch with your husband on his cell phone?" Oh, he happened to leave something here. Oh, I need to get in touch with him in a hurry. Well, that was not the true case. Mm-hmm. But this person felt like perhaps he was being kinder to me or something. I don't know, but it, yes. I, I don't mean to... This is perhaps a little heavy. I hear you. About on the radio. No, no. That's what we're here for, Elaine, and I'm so glad you called. And first of all, let me just say, when an individual, just for you, I want you to know this because this is the truth. When an individual... has refused repeatedly to get help, mental help. And if you've given them the tools, sometimes unless you go to court and have an absolute forcible commitment, you cannot, you cannot force someone to go for mental behavioral help. I'm quite aware of that. Yeah, and yeah. so... I, I, I had dealt with this for some time. Yeah, and so it sounds like you'd struggle trying to get help 
but but didn't get there. So yeah, I hope you're not you're not having any guilt on your part. Now, tell me, hard not to. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do that to ourselves, and and it's you know we've we've dealt. I've had someone very close to me who committed suicide, and you know everybody around them. I think people just have no idea the people who have suicidal ideation um i hope i i really didn't think he did i thought because he had done it previously i thought he would simply drive off and it might be months before i would see him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know that's right i i did not at the time think he would commit suicide unless he was fixing to die, and I now realize he did think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know that brings up a point. I don't want us to to um, just talk right. about this, but it does bring up a point to remember that if if you have someone who you think is really down and depressed, or you know they are, it's okay to say ask them, "Do you ever think about harming yourself?" Um, because you get it out in the open, you find out where they are, and then you can say, do everything you can do to get them help, get, give them the helpline, get them to do whatever they will. But but in the end, you can only do what you can do. And so, Elaine, um, back to the complete honesty. Has that complete honesty ever got you, gotten you in trouble? I'd like to hear an example if you can remember uh, one. Yes, like I said, I, I don't think I'm very popular. <laughs> <laughs> I probably never have been, but uh, I, I find myself being a lot quieter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as opinionated because I realize that if I express an opinion, I I um I have and most people who know me realize that I have different uh, political, um, perhaps even religious opinions than many people that I associate with, mm-hmm. and because of that, I I was. I just don't think as many people were aware of my differences. Right, because you're quieter. And I think, you know, that's one of the issues that has gone on a lot lately in in our world today where um, politics are black and white, religions oh, are black God. and white, yes. you know, and, and basically everyone's given permission to be, to express their feelings loudly and to not allow other people to have an opinion different than theirs. And and I think, you know, I was, as we are looking through this, you don't, uh, upfront honesty is a great thing, but I think one thing you said, Elaine, is sometimes if you disagree or if you feel like something is not beautiful and you don't want to say that's ugly to be quiet about it is okay now when is it not okay to sit and be quiet 
I'd like for our listeners to kind of think about that. When is it not okay? When is it okay to be a bystander? And when is it not okay? So think about that. I'd like to hear from you guys. Elaine, appreciate your call, and thank you for bringing that up. Um, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Jay White, and we're talking about honesty. Is honesty all the ways to the best policy? Perhaps not. Sometimes can the absolute truth cause problems or ramifications that we can't take back? Sometimes it does, as we heard from our previous caller. Let's go back to the phones, though. We have Jamie in Ocean Springs who's going to tag on to the discussion about suicide. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for calling. Hi. Um, yes, I just wanted to pontificate a little bit. Um, my father committed suicide, and what I believe the reason why is um, he had triple bypass surgery six months prior to that, and he, well, when they did the autopsy, his breastbone was still completely broken in half, and I know that the pain was so unbearable that I believe that's why. I don't He'd never had mental health issues, you know? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I feel like there, there's multiple reasons out there why somebody does that. Right. Um, it's definitely not, not sometimes the best choice. But I think it's important for people to know that we don't really, nobody really knows why people do that. But I, I believe that's why my father did it was the pain was so unbearable. Um, he couldn't provide her for our family anymore. And, you right. know, so instead of putting us through that, he gave us that outlet in a way. Right. And certainly he, you know, people go, why didn't, why didn't he just talk to me? Um, and I think in a situation like that, he probably felt like, he didn't talk to you because he knew that you would talk him out of it or attempt to. So. Absolutely. And, you know, we went through counseling afterwards and the best thing my therapist told me, he was like, if you tell the truth and speak of it and talk to people about it, you're setting yourself free. And if you go down that path of like, well, what if this, what if that, like, what if I had, you know, what if I had done something differently? I will be miserable myself. So that's why I'm a big advocate of like speaking the truth and and talking to people about my story um, and my father's story. Because if I don't tell that truth to myself and to others, I will have mental health issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. What? Right. And like we were saying earlier, so many times the the truth, expressing the truth, is self serving. It's a good thing. Um, and Absolutely. yeah, so I also think, uh, Jamie, it's really good to talk about the fact that your father committed suicide and you felt like he was in a trap. And I think that unfortunately that often happens. And if he had been able to speak out loud and say how how much pain he was in and how he felt like it was inescapable, perhaps there could have been some help that might have been there for him. 
But I think so many times we internalize our issues instead of externalizing. So just speak it, say it. You know, I've said so many times when somebody walks in a room and you can tell things aren't right for them and and they're a bit rude, it's so much better if they speak out loud and say, I don't feel good. I really have a terrible headache, and I'm sorry if I'm not engaging. That feels better, right, than for somebody to walk in and pretend like everything's okay when it's very clear it's not. So, That's right. Well, Jamie, thank you for your call, and I'm sorry for your loss. I, I just wanted to also, while we're talking about, um, there's a suicide hotline out there, 988. If anyone um, has any thoughts, these holidays are tough. And to reach out, there are people out there to talk to. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Good luck. Um, Let's go back, stay on the phones. Judy in Meridian has a honesty story. Hey, Judy. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for calling. My story is a, a memory of regret. Um, I have a touch of ADHD, and I also had some uh, infertility issues, but I finally had a baby. And I was working with a group of women, one of whom was, uh, had tried uh, infertility drugs for one cycle, and she got pregnant. And it was wonderful, and we all celebrated and so forth. And we were at a conference, and I saw her out on the porch smoking. Well, my ADHD kicked in, and I said, mm-hmm. you're killing your baby. And I just turned around and walked away. And so after that, you know, I did feel terrible that I'd been so blunt, uh, blunt with this or so forth. But I thought, well, she she needs to think about what she's doing to her body. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I justified it in my mind. Mm-hmm. A month later, she had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, worked with her. I flew up to her uh, city, and she started crying. She mm-hmm. said, I didn't mean to kill my baby. And mm-hmm. so I... I'm so sorry. I am so sorry that I was so blunt and inappropriate. So sometimes being brutally honest in your own mind is not a good thing. And I think that's what you're trying to say here. It was a terrible experience for both of us, but particularly for her. Yeah, Judy, I I just have to say that... um, (laughs) um, I know that felt terrible for you when when she did lose the baby. And, and certainly, I think the struggle with infertility can be so deep and so broad and feel like an endless hole for, for women. And so I, I've experienced that um, with close friends and family and, and know how tough it is. But, and... I will say your to to you as we were going to say during this show at some point this is a good time for me to say it. Um sometimes you can say the truth a little more softly than what you did what? and you know that. I, would it have been inappropriate for you to walk up and say 
Honey, you do know that you really shouldn't be smoking during pregnancy, um, especially since you work so hard to have this sweet baby. You should not be smoking. It's not good. Now, I wonder if she would have said, I can't stop or whatever, and perhaps she needed help with that. But the bottom line is that there are data that show that smoking and drinking alcohol both during pregnancy um, have an increased risk of miscarriages. Um, It also is bad for the baby. Smoking has been shown to increase the risk of more severe ADHD, um, to have more problems with low birth weight and other issues. And so depending on the amount. So sort of take that guilt off your plate a bit. Um, Like you said, that executive function prefrontal cortex piece of ADHD, it'll get you in trouble. It really will. Because you're so right. I mean, I could have easily said, well, I could not have easily said because the ADHD kicks in and you just don't have a filter sometimes, you know. And so I have to work on that and just, I want to say something, I need to shut up for a couple of minutes and think about it. But nonetheless, uh, I should have said it a little bit more gently because I knew that uh, it was a problem for her. But anyway, I wanted to share that because if anybody struggles with too much honesty. <laughs> I'm right there with you, and that's something that uh, we all we got to work on. Right. Well, I appreciate that story because it really did give a good example of how sometimes that abject honesty can be uh, pretty brutal. But there are times when. Honesty is probably needed. I wonder if you had thought that in your mind and walked off and not said anything, and then you found out that she had lost the baby, would you have felt guilty then, too, perhaps? And so that's, you know, learning how to put the truth in terms that are kindness when 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 you can. And most of the time you can. I'm going to give a couple of tricks in the last couple of minutes of what you can do. For example, when you receive a gift that's not quite right. Instead of saying, oh, I love it, this is beautiful, you can say, oh, this is so soft. That was so sweet and kind of you. That was so thoughtful. And you can teach your children to do that or others around you. You can give them examples of, of when you can say something that is really the truth, but it's, it's truth with perhaps some mild omissions here and there. Okay, so another example is when someone asks you to do something, to go on an outing, instead of saying, oh, I'm so sorry, I really would love to go, but I have another engagement, you can say that's a very kind invitation, but no thank you. You can say that. 
I think we all have such difficulty feeling like we have to use more words rather than less. And so to start thinking about what words you can use, being essentially honest without being mean or cruel or hurtful. And that can happen. It can happen with family. It can happen with friends. And sometimes it it really is important to remember that if leaving something out, if omitting something is a kinder thing to do rather than blurting out something, then do that. Okay. Well, I hope everybody has a wonderful next week. I hope you'll join us next week on Southern Remedy. We're going to talk about excess. Excess. When is enough enough? And when is there too much? And what we're teaching. So think about that. Southern Remedy. Um, is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.